Um, you know what? A while ago, I read from the passage of Psalms 139. And out of that passage, I, I shared on who God is. You know, out of Psalms 139, I talk about His omniscient. He knows all things. And He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. His omnipresence is everywhere. And uh, He's all-glorious. He's all-loving. And I drawn out of that passage of who God is. Today, I just want to minister to you out of the same passage of this God who is so powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, and He has a message for you. A very powerful message, a message that, that reached deep down into your soul and your spirit. A longing that every man and a woman needs. As I'm, I'm reading out of this passage, just be ministered by the word of the Lord. His word is powerful. These are not my words. These are His words to you. Thank you. 
with you. The night to you is as bright as day. There's no difference between the two. You formed my innermost being, shaking, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. 
in Isaiah 49:15, it says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, even if your mother or your father have forgotten you, they say, I will not forget you. He seek you out. You are known by God. Next is it from verse 7 to 12 about where can you hide? Where can you go? You go up to the heavens, he's there. You go down to the pit when you're depressed and oppressed. When all you think in tears is your food. Sorrow is your song. In the depths of depression. And death is so close to you. He said, even there, I am there with you. Darkness cannot hide you because I'm light. If I'm with you, there's no difference between the two. You are not alone. Even when you do feel alone, the Father is saying, you are not alone. You have never been and will never be. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. It's not sometimes I will. Never means never. Not a moment. Sometimes you think you can hide. Even there, I know you. I know before you utter a word, I really know it. Despite of that, I still lay my hand of blessing upon you because of my great love. You are not alone. You are known by this God. Next he says, you are his masterpiece. A while ago I said, Mona Lisa, the painting, hit the Guinness record in 1962 at insurance value of a hundred million. The value being valued because of who painted it. Your life is intricately formed by God. Your value is placed by who has created you. You are his masterpiece. You are not a mistake. The word of God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Intricately formed. When he looked at you, he says, wow, you're so beautiful. You are very good because you are like me. You are known by God. You are not alone, even though at times you feel that. Never. You are his masterpiece. 
you're not a mistake. Come to the next one is, you are loved. I think the greatest need in human, in all of us, is that we need to be loved. And because we are created in love, we, we, there's longing to love. We long to love and be loved. There's the greatest need. Because we are fashioned according to our Father's image. Our Father God is love. Amen? He's love. So there's this need to love and be loved. And He says that I love you with an everlasting love. Do you know how madly in love He's with you? He's crazy about you. When you are in love, all you think of is the person that you're in love with. And you just want to spend time when you're in love. Money is no problem. Suddenly you find time to be with that person even though you are very busy. Right? You, every opportunity you have is just, I want to be with that person. And the Bible says, I just read that he is so crazy with you that his thought, his thinking towards you all of the time. Time, it cannot be numbered. How badly in love he is with you. It's a travesty that we do not recognize or come to the awareness of that love. We are still striving to gain that love. Still trying to see what can fill that gap. This morning, I've come to announce to you that you are loved. Perfect love cast out all fear. Fear drives us. Fear leads us. Fear compels us to do things that is not um, from the Lord. They say in that perfect atmosphere, in the presence of God, away every form of fear that lives in you, in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. Because that love, when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, that perfect love resides in you and I. Be still and know that I God sometimes we when still sitting down we can be so busy this morning just want to command every fleeting thought every unwholesome emotion captive to the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ and we can't wait for someone else to come and command that in us. We have the choice. We have the choice and say, be still, Krista, and know that my Papa is God. He's the King of glory. He's a God that created the universe. Nothing missed him. Never be a fool and think that you can hide anything from him. Because before I utter a word, Krista, before you utter a word, God already knows it all. Why do you need to hide? Why do you need to prove? 
and he love you. His hand come behind you and before you and he's lay his hand of blessing on you. And this is, I'm just setting a platform to know who God is and who we are in him. I just want to lead you to my actually the title of my message today. Not until we really embrace who he is and really know who we are in him, we will never come to a place of rest. I want to preach out of Hebrews 4. Entering into that rest that Christ has prepared for us. It's a very powerful passage. It says in verse 1, Now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into his realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. How often we are in Christ and yet we have so much of unrest in our heart, in our minds. We have not fully come to experiencing that, that rest. It says, so we must extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of the promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. For he has said, I was grieved with them and made a solemn oath, they will never enter into the coming rest of my spirit. God's work... God works, uh, God's works have all been completed from the foundation of the world. It's all been completed at the foundation of the world. For it says in the scripture, on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, as stated before, they will never enter into my coming place of rest. Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into the realm of faith rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remained that we still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life and experience the fulfillment of the promise. For God still has ordained a day for us to enter into called today. 
His mercy is new every day. And today is calling us again today to enter into that rest. For it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words. If only today you will listen to his voice and do not harden your hearts. Now, if this promise of rest was fulfilled, let me just jump to verse 9. He says, so we concluded that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works. Just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So we, so then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. Of course, then he leads to the 412, like the word of God is sharper than two angels' sword. It's so powerful. Do you realize that this passage from verse 1 to 11, it really speaks of this complete rest that God has formed from the foundation of the earth, that he ushered Adam and Eve into the place of rest with him. But the enemy is so jealous that, of, of Adam and Eve that he has sown a lie and begin to introduce that unrest. You know why? The Bible said that he came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Christ has given us life and life abundantly. He is so jealous of you and I because we have taken what was in his heart. He wanted to be like God. And he wasn't, and he was cast down. The Bible said, right? And he took a third of the angels. And he wanted to be like God. And when we were created to be in God's image and enjoy that rest, that he cannot stand it. He has come to introduce the unrest. Out of Hebrews 4, you realize that it speaks of the rest, a spiritual rest that Christ has completed, that we can't work for. It speaks of our emotional rest, that though we have come into Christ, yet we fail to experience that rest. The first two... And then the third one, he talked about Sabbath rest. We need to rest. While we're, we need to rest physically. When we overwork and, and, and overdrive, what body needs to come. Rest symbolizes trust. We trust that while we're resting, God, you are still at work. It's talk about the spiritual rest, the emotional rest, Right? Uh, physical, emotional, and, and um, spiritual rest. And we can't enter into the rest because of one thing. That one thing is our unbelief. We accept Jesus Christ. He completed the work, everything that he has done, that there's nothing short that you 
you know, nothing short. Everything he has done is enough for you and I. So we accept, yeah, no problem. I accept Jesus. I, I, I believe in him. I, 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 I need him. Oh, I know that he sacrificed uh, his life. I know the father loved me so much. And no problem. I accept him into my life. We enter into the realm of uh, the rest that was introduced and given to us. But yet, we have not truly entered and experienced that rest. Because of unbelief. Because we don't think we are worthy enough. Because of a pattern of thinking in our, that we've grown up with, whatever it is, God knows. So unbelief, we, 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 we are serving, we are still striving. You know what? In, in the prodigal son, remember? He had two sons, that both were like orphans. One is, is doing do his own thing. When he came to his own senses, the Bible said, came to repentance. I have done wrong. Even he was rehearsing his, his repentance speech. Before he came home, he said, oh, I, I will tell my father, I sinned against heaven, I sinned against you. Only we, he was rehearsing that speech. And when he got home, he saw his father. The father ran towards him and began to hug him and begin to put a rope with a signet ring, begin to throw a party and he, he is trying to tell the father, 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 I have sinned against heaven, I have sinned against you and I am not worthy to be your, or your son. The Bible, if you read the word, it's as if the father never even bothered. <laughs> right after he said that, the father said, Hey, come, throw a party, celebrate my son. It, you know what? Before he said that to his father, the father already knew. The Father knows everything about you. There is nothing that His love can't heal. That is the perfect love. And it wasn't something that He worked for, He had to perform, but He came to His senses, the Bible says. We need to come to our senses. What are we doing? What unbelief? What unworthiness? What values? What thinking pattern has, is causing us to trip and from entering into? And then there is this son that is so faithful. We know that he, he was so angry that he doesn't even want to enter into the house. And again, the father came out to ask him, come in. The father went towards the rebellious son. The father went towards the faithful son. But you know what? That son said, I have been slaving for you. Wow. The circumstance began to highlight what was going on inside him. He was slaving. He never felt a son. And the father said that, hey, you know, I have been slaving for you. I have never departed from you. I've been faithful, doing what I need to do. And you have never even slaughtered a calf. And he was jealous. More than that, the father told him, hey, you have been with me all the time. Do you not know that you can actually ask and order a calf to be slaughtered? The sad thing that he lived in a house, we can be living in God's presence, 
We can be serving and yet we do not know that we have the right to ask. We have not because we ask not. Who are we? Have we been doing things and not knowing that presence is with you? He never, 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 he will never, 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 never depart from you. He's with you. He said, ask and you will receive. And, and this passage is so powerful as I dive into it. I, I just chew on it. I begin to, to really regurgitate and uh, begin to read again and begin to say, ah, apply it. Oh God, there's so much in this passage. Wow, I have been living in unbelief. Forgive me. I need to come to my own senses, God. Daddy, you are the king of glory and you are this loving father. Time and time again in the passage, begin to display his love. And Jesus in John 15 preached and shared the man of the most beautiful passage that described that relationship. That you know what, we can know one thing, we can know the word, but often we don't own the word. You know what, when we accept Jesus Christ, he came and make us everything new. Amen? He, we know that what, behold we are a new creation. He take us back. Jesus covered us with his righteousness. He covered us with his grace and, and take us back to the foundation of the earth where there was great abundance. There is this rest, this coming rest over us. Amen? And he has cleansed us from all sin, the Bible said. At the cross, he said, it is finished. It is finished was his last word, right? Do you know it is finished? That word in Aramaic also means bride. When he died at the end, the last word, he said, bride, my bride. He's coming back for his church. He's come, you are his bride. He's coming back for us. There's nothing that this groom has not done to pay the price, the dowry for you. Bride, my church, the glorious one. I give my life for you. We have no problem to know that Jesus is our righteousness. We accept him, we do not have sin nature. But 
we still have sin habits. And he said, is it enough? I have come to help you with those habits. Why if we are all things new, behold, all things be made new, you're a new creation. Why does he still say in his word in Philippians 4, 8? Meditate on these things. What are those things? Do you know we need to know the word of God? If we have slack in studying the word of God, we need to know the word of God, not religiously. It is never God's intention for us to be religious. Because religiosity robs us from the intimate relationship we have with him. I do not want Larry to do something because I ask him to. It's great that he does it, but when he desires to do it, it brings me so much pleasure. I said, tell him, it's okay, don't bother, honey. You don't have to do it. Now that I know you want to do it for me, you don't need to do it now. <laughs> like the thought, right? It's not the doing, it's just to know that, wow, he loves me so much. We need to study the word, not that, don't take drugs, don't smoke, don't swear, don't yeah. It is not because that do damage to us. He loves us so much that he wants us whole. Because he knows that those things are temporal, it will hinder you from entering into that fullness. He wants to be so intimate with you. So the word of God was never set to be religious. It's his word. Sometimes he said, God, I want you to speak to me. Do you know his word? He got a lot to tell you. You can't, you can't hear him because we are not reading the word. He speaks to us through his word. And the spirit will begin to breathe on that word. The logos, right, is a foundation. Reservoir of our heart begin to hide his word. Your word is a lamb unto my feet. And the Holy Spirit at the right time begin to become a ram word, a spoken word. So we need to study the word of God. It's so... Um, Refreshing, so empowering. And, and we say, oh, we, we begin to, you know what? Christ has already paid the price more than he should. He left his glory realm and he humbled himself to take you and I to this place. And he's finished everything he had done, right? And he says that now you have no more sin nature. You are like me. By a certain sin habit, you know, patterns of thinking and speaking and feeling that I want you to begin to appropriate this medicine into this area so that it can be healed. He said, for and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final 
thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. We are still, there are times we are still being irresponsible and just let Christ do everything. We need to grow up, no longer just keep taking milk. The Bible says we need to begin to eat meat from his word. Yeah. And, and sometimes don't blame God for things that doesn't come to pass. He said, fix, train. I wouldn't want to go to a doctor for an operation that he just started learning. First year in meds school. He has a gift. He's disciplined. He got into it, but I will not be operated by him. Will you? No way. And he will not arrive to be a great surgeon overnight. That is a giving himself into the learning. Am I right? And he has to practice. If you tell her, okay, um, Monash Uni, um, we are sending a year one student to operate on Harvey. Oh my goodness, no way, you know, in the natural and no way, why will I, how will he, we have all this, we protest. But we, we assume to, ourselves can be a, to, to live like God, just because Christ died, he, give, he paid for the price. You use it, you apply it, you give yourself to the learning yeah. and practicing, yeah. fix the moment there are evil thoughts, hey, it's okay. Not that it's okay to have evil thoughts. You know what? God gave us emotion. Our emotions are thermometer. If you have fever, the thermometer says, oh my goodness, 39. Oh, she's having fever. She's sick. I need to apply, give her some medicine. Our emotion is our thermometer. There are times you feel angry. David is so good at showing us. He said, hey, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? He acknowledged his emotion, but he empowered the truth. Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Hope thou in the Lord. He starts to prophesy. He starts to discipline. He starts to usher his emotion. Yes, you are sad. You are down. You are discouraged. I know it. Uh, it's good to acknowledge. But then, don't empower it. Very often, we empower our emotion and we acknowledge the word of God. Yeah, you are very powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, I'm so sad. I'm so angry. We need to know where we are to take this emotion to where God is. Yeah. And he's everywhere. He's just waiting for you. And we fix our eyes on that thing. Okay, it gets better. The first year math student, 
I know they start to dissect animals. I remember speaking to one student, uh, youth that we were pastoring. He, he said that that day they have to go and cut a, a dead body. He could not eat for days. He felt so sick. <laughs> he had to cut a dead body first. From animals, it progressed to, to human body, but a dead one. Not just once, I'm sure. Over and over and over and over until he becomes so skilled. Until all his senses begin to be so in tune and sharp. And his hand is so, it's not shaking. <laughs> At the start, I'm sure it will be, for me, <laughs> I can imagine my whole body will be shaking. <laughs> it's so still, so precise. Over and over and over and over until he becomes a skilled surgeon. We are talking about you and I made in the image of God. How flippant have we been in treating the work, the price that Christ has made for us? We made it his work. He has done it all. I just want to enjoy it. And yet you say, we want to experience that coming rest. There is a training, training of our emotion and call it to come under subjection, under the word. And another portion is from Colossians. 3.2 He says, think about things of heaven, not things on earth. So we have to start to give ourselves to think of what is it? He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are all waiting to go to heaven. Let me one day I will go to heaven, experience the fullness. He said, no. He said, pray. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done now in my home, in my church, in my life, as it is in heaven. He taught us how to pray. I didn't teach you. I'm not teaching. I'm just reading from the word. You know, Christ has come and, and, and we have taken this teaching as a study. Because there is unbelief. They did not enter because they do not believe in Jesus Christ. Unbelief, we all know that. But we do not enter into the rest because of unbelief too. Today I just want to announce to you this good news. This good news that you hear. Today is the day the word of God do not harden your heart. Now, Father, what have hindered me? What is the constant pattern that caused me to trip? Is that I'm going three steps, I go back two steps, three steps, one step. What is the constant? But you know what? you will get better and better 
and better if we fix our eyes and think things of heaven, think of thoughts of what is pure, what is lovely, what is of good report. Do you know what? You begin to come, begin to get better at it. God has made it possible. In closing, Jacob, can I please have the slide? You know, this one passage is very powerful. You know, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. From 2 Corinthians 12, 9. You know what? I, um, yep. Can you show that, please? It was up. Oh, okay, no problem. He said, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. Let me, you know what? In John 15, remember Jesus said, I said nothing apart from what I hear from the Father. Right? Jesus said, what you see, you see the Father. You see me? Little identical twin. You know, I, I hear and I speak. Can you see this statement here? The Father is speaking. My son is always more than enough for you. And my son, by its full expression through your weakness. The Father, our loving Father, is telling you, my son is enough. And Jesus heard this word. And Jesus began to say, my grace is always more than enough for you. Grace is a person. Grace is Jesus. God's empowerment. Grace undeserved favor from God. My grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through, uh, through your weakness. And again, Jesus in 15 says that the Spirit says nothing apart from what He says here for me. Right? My grace is always more than enough for you and my Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit finds its full expression through your weakness. The Father has given His best. When we embrace and accept His best, Jesus Christ, into our heart, the Spirit lives in us. Is it better that I go? Because if I don't go, the Spirit will not come. He is interceding in the heavenly places for you. Yeah. Is the enemy come and accuse you? He is praying for you. And He has left the Spirit, the power in us. Well, find its full expression through your weakness. What are you weak about? Tell Him He is inside. Greater things will He do according to the power that reside the power dunamis is the strength is an encourager he's the power that is in you and he's searching the weakness not to condemn you not to accuse you not to guilt you that is a religious spirit 
help you. Holy Spirit is the helper. He has come to help you. Thank you, Father. Can we all just stand up? You know, every Sunday we have a prophetic team here. We know we come up for prayer. You know, for, for prayer. But we also, every Sunday we have a team here. We'll be situated right here. They are prophetic team. That's waiting to speak the Father's heart to you. To prophesy into your situation. You can come up. And this afternoon... I hope I have awakened or the Spirit of God has awakened something in you that you have come to your own senses and said, Father, thank you for opening another facet of understanding. No condemnation, no guilt, remember? It's a freedom zone in the heavenlies. This house is a condemnation-free zone house. Yeah. Guilt-free. Amen? But it's freedom zone. You're free to be a son and a daughter. He has not called you slave. Yeah. Did you come and step into in faith? Father, if you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you step out and say, I believe in you. I want you, Jesus, to come into my life. And you have had Jesus into your life and you have had unbelief that you didn't even even know you're not even aware I would love for you to step out in faith and say come God I, 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 I walk away from my unbelief that the step is a step of faith a step of commitment a step of drawing close to you once again you've done great things but today you have to say something about what where I need to be I'm taking this step and stepping out Lord in faith into the rest of God I'm entering into that rest I'm stepping into that rest he said come all those who are weary and heavy laden come and I will give you rest as the, the worship team is playing and I would love for you to just step out in faith Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Casey City Church. We pray that the Holy Spirit writes upon your heart the very blessing that God wants you to take out into the world. Hashtag Casey loved this city.